Welcome to Storytime with Uncle Reddit, a podcast where I read some of the best posts from across Reddit and around the web. Each episode is a collection of funny content that includes subjects like tales from tech support, entitled parents, choosing beggars, pro-revenge, and more. Today's episode is all about malicious compliance. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Storytime with Uncle Reddit MC, which stands for Malicious Compliance. I think we're going to change that up, like Storytime with Uncle Reddit 2 or something like that, 2.0 maybe, uh, because this is going to be more than Malicious Compliance. This is only the second video for this channel right now since we decided to split off from the Tales from Tech Support channel. People on the Tales from Tech Support channel seem to only want Tales from Tech Support, according to the analytics. So we're not going to mess with that. We're going to keep doing Tales from Tech Support over there. And this channel will be malicious compliance, pro-revenge, or revenge-type stories, and maybe one other category. We're not going to go, we're not going to spread it out too wide, because I think YouTube seems to like things narrowed down a little bit more. But anyway, all right. Again, uh, I was debating on whether or not to even turn the camera on for this because, you know, my vampire jeans aren't liking this uh, bright sunlight coming in the window over here and I'm breaking out all over. <laughs> yeah, just been just been one of those weeks, man. But it's all good. Let's read some stories. Translate German word for word? Okay. Going to preface this by saying I love my parents, but they do get on my nerves. My 23 female family and I, wait, what? My 23 female family and I went on a trip to Europe, including Germany. My mother and I speak French pretty well, and my brother can kind of follow along. I can speak French and German, and lived in Germany for a while. I also have a German prepaid SIM card. I'm the only one with this. My father speaks no languages other than English. Sounds simple. We were mostly in French and German speaking areas, so it should be no problem, right? When it was three of us agreeing in French speaking areas, he wasn't so bad. But when we got to Germany, my new, my love, may now, my love, I don't know. I was pretty much the sole translator. Taking directions from his daughter didn't sit well with my dad, apparently. So he started buying maps and trying to use them to navigate. Didn't really work. He also didn't trust Google Maps. But to be honest, he's always fussy about that. One thing to note, where we were, Constanz is a lake you travel by ferry everywhere. I was asking about how to get to one location, which ferry to take and all that, and my father starts demanding translations from me. He doesn't think we need to take a boat that we can drive. However, mom doesn't want him driving in an unfamiliar country, so he's already moody. Of course, I'm paraphrasing and abridging what the info person's saying, but my father says I need to translate exactly what's being said so he can get us on the right boat. I keep explaining and he gets annoyed because I keep pausing to think and the German sentences are much longer. So he tells me again to just translate word for word. Here's the malicious compliance. The word order is different in German than in English, of course. The big thing being any verb other than the conjugated one goes at the end. They also make very long sentences. So I start saying the very first ferry will at 2 p.m. at dock 3 arriving B. <laughs> At 2.30 will the next ferry arrive. The tickets of the ferries can over there bought be, but longer and more complex sentences. My father can't keep up and just storms off for a minute to cool down. Just a minor story, but I spent so many years practicing and learning German that it felt good to finally shove it into my more math and science based dad that what I did was complicated and sometimes I know what I'm doing better than he does. Yeah, dads can be a pain in the ass. I get it. I had one. I am one. We get set in our ways. Wait till you get to our age. 
you'll you'll well you probably won't be self-aware enough to know most of us aren't we notice it when our parents are doing it to us and then one day it just kind of transitions out of nowhere we are that person and uh we don't know it which is kind of enjoyable for me but not so much for some of the other family members i do try to be aware enough to take certain cues from my wife mostly before they get violent um so that i don't become too overbearing with that i am a little bit of a control freak but you know hey if i know everybody's got the language covered i can i can sit back and take the ride no problem if we get lost who cares or if we get on the wrong boat cool side trip it's all good malicious compliance comes with a life lesson some number of years ago i stopped for gas one evening and there were a few teenagers kind of milling around out front off to the side of the store just sort of scoping out the customers i guess i fit what they were looking for old enough to buy alcohol but still young and covered in tattoos so probably fun and willing to help them out they walked up and said hey would you mind doing us a favor and getting us some drinks you can keep the change one kid handed me forty dollars because these teenagers were stupid and didn't know how much beer costs so i didn't say anything took the money and walked inside unfortunately for these kids i have a strict no contributing to the delinquency of minors policy I knew damn well they wanted me to grab them a 30 rack of Bud Light or something, but what they asked for was drinks and said keep the change. And they needed to learn a lesson about paying random gas station strangers to commit crimes before that stuff got them in trouble with the law. So I took their $40, bought them a six pack of Diet Mountain Dew, pocketed my $34 change and headed back out with their drinks. They were pretty upset and one said, well, what about our money? I just looked them in the eye and calmly said, what money? and walked back to my car and left them standing there looking like I smacked them with a hammer. I sort of get this. I get your intent. And I fully agree with the whole, you know, not contributing to this whole thing. A, I don't want to get arrested for this mess. I don't want to contribute to their, you know, DUI, car accident. If they have alcoholism issues in their family, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be in part of that. I don't want to be part of that at all. Uh, at the same time, I'm not sure I would have gone that far. I probably would have just said, nah. You need to go go away, go somewhere else. I'm not sure I would have took their money, but I'm pretty sure they did learn a lesson after that. Sure thing, boss. I'll follow the GPS. I drive a concrete truck. We deliver ready-mixed concrete throughout a fairly large area. Keep in mind, concrete has a shelf life of 90 minutes once water mixes with the cement. This is very important on spec jobs. Our company uses a routing and tracking system I'll call the Terrible System. If there's a good route or a less than good route, it chooses the worst route of all routes possible. After working with it a short time, it was noted. During training, new drivers are told to use it for a final part of route only. Problem is, every time one doesn't follow a route, an alert is sent to management. Early in using terrible system, managers found a way to turn off these alerts. New manager starts. After a year, he brings up in meetings, drivers aren't following terrible system routing. Multiple times we tell him it gives us the worst and longest routes. He doesn't listen. After six months, he states drivers will be written up if we continue to not follow terrible system routing. Drivers don't listen. A few days after this pronouncement, a fellow driver is written up. This is talked about. Cue malicious compliance. Next day on my second load, I have a load to a location I had before. It's 15 miles east of the plant and then a 10 mile north leg. Following that route takes about 45 minutes or less. We have been going to this job site for three months by this time, and new terrible system gave a much longer route. I was the first truck of four and noted on the radio we needed to follow terrible system route as directed. 
Off I go. The route it takes me is southeast, 13 miles. North on Interstate Highway, 35 miles, including a chicken coop way station for non-truck drivers. Trucks are chronically overweight for interstate. East through a large metro area for 20 miles, followed by a last leg south of about 15 miles. It takes 125 minutes for me. Terrible system gave estimated travel time of 140 minutes, so I did pretty well. I arrive and I'm timed out. Rejected and that cost the company $1,000 for the concrete, not to mention the 20 gallons of fuel I burned. Second and third truck are the same. Fourth truck was stopped at the chicken coop and company had a $500 fine. Customer is pissed. Calls manager screaming. Manager asked to talk to me. I tell him we followed the terrible system routing as directed and he can check that pretty easily. Next day in the break room is a sign posted saying, Drivers are to use professional discretion in choosing the best or most expeditious route to jobs. Well, imagine that. I understand that sometimes you think a computer can automatically tell you the best route possible. And Google Maps is pretty decent these days uh, and anything based on it because it takes into account traffic volumes, different times of day. You can even mark down slowdowns, accidents, uh, speed traps, things like that. And it's, it's pretty decent. Sometimes the person that's driven that route over and over and over again, at least more than three or four times, usually knows a good way to go that's going to be smooth, very few holdups, things like that. So, yeah, sometimes you got to leave things to the discretion of the driver and, you know, let them be the professional you're paying them to be. Get out of bed? Okay. This just happened and I had to share. My 11-year-old son was up late and we let him sleep in. He can sometimes be difficult to wake up, so I usually escalate from back rubs to various rib and neck tickles to wake him up. Today, between tickles, I do my usual, okay boy, time to get up, in a faux harsh tone. And one time he said, but I don't want to get out of my comfy bed. I told him, well, your comfy bed wants you out of it. So get out of bed, boy. And I walked out of his room, expecting to come back to either try again or see him up. I was not prepared for what I saw when I came back. I walk back into his room and he's nowhere to be found. All I could see are his blankets piled on the floor. I wondered to myself, did he come out? I didn't see him. And took a closer look at his blankets. They were vaguely person-shaped and that's when I hear the quiet laughter and saw the blankets start to shake slightly. I dropped down to the ground and began tickling. Are you on the ground, boy? Are you on the ground? More laughing. He told me to get out of bed, so I did. Me, you little turd, how dare you? Laughter ensues and he finally gets up. And that's how my son made my morning with some wholesome, malicious compliance. Guess these are some edits and responses to people down below. One, the faux harsh tone and constant use of boy is in relation to God of War for PS4 where Kratos calls his son boy and can be harsh. My son used to watch me play it and thought it was funny, so I started calling him boy and being a fake Kratos. This also evolved into call and response word association game where I would try to come up with different relationships for him to match. I'd call out boy, him, man, me, child, him, adult, me, student, him, teacher. And then I'd tell him what I wanted to tell him. He's a great kid and I love him and I'm also now trying to decide if he's just a brilliant troll, but that's another story. Yeah, people get way too uptight. They're uh, just too, too sensitive in general to everything in today's society, in today's world. When I'm talking to one of my grandkids, you know, <laughs> little dude, little dude's two and a half. And when he comes walking up the steps to my house, I say, hey, boy, hey, pop. You know, it's it's a thing. It's not, 
there's nothing degrading about it. So, you know, everybody just kind of needs to chill. Take a breath. Go find the uptight dad in the German boat and get some booze and share a fifth or something. I don't know. You're a naval officer, and we will show you the respect you deserve. Yes, sir. Hello, folks. A while back, I was stationed in Pensacola, Florida, as a trainee for learning to be in IT for the Navy. Every morning, our class would meet at the end of a long stretch of a walkway where we would march as a unit down to our classroom building. Now, this base is primarily manned by enlisted personnel. For the uninitiated, we are the lower-ranking personnel, and when we encounter an officer, we're required to render a hand salute. Most officers that set foot on this base know that they're outnumbered a thousand to one and, as such, tend to avoid the enlisted mob, as not to draw unwanted attention as massive herds of people are forced to stop what they're doing, render a salute and greeting, and you have to do the same. Cue our brand new lieutenant. For naming anonymity and because I like Forrest Gump, I'll change his name to Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan was a dick, and would regularly park his car near where we were forming up, stroll by our formation, and cuss out any of the new folks that didn't notice. One time his exact words were, I am a naval officer and you will show me the respect I deserve by rendering a hand salute. Swear to God, it was like he rehearsed this spiel in the mirror before showing up that morning. What Lieutenant Dan did not know is that us lowly enlisted folks are petty. What he also didn't know is that sometimes on rare days where it was too hot in the North Florida to safely march in formation, we would all be allowed to walk ourselves home down the long half mile stretch. Well, one summer day with maximum humidity and heat, so hot you could fry an egg on concrete, we all were allowed to walk ourselves back to the barracks. As we're walking, in the distance, my class sees the all-too-familiar stride of Lieutenant Dan coming our way. A plan is hatched as we begin spacing ourselves out several meters apart and marching one by one down towards him. I was one of the middle-of-the-pack folks, and I got to see the look on his face as the first salute and polite good afternoon was rendered, followed by another, as soon as his arm went down, then another. By the time he got to me, he was sweating. He even shouted at us, you don't need to salute. <laughs> try, try as he might though, our class decided that day that all 20 plus students in my class and a few others nearby would render him his proper salute during the sweltering half mile walk down the path. I can't confirm this or not, but apparently he was pretty pissed at the end, cussing pretty loudly. His uniform was all stained from sweat. All I know is from that moment on when we saw him park his car, he would get out, look at our class and walk well around our class out of the hand salute range. That's awesome. Gotta love the military. A long, long, long time ago, when Uncle Reddit was at good old Great Mistakes, Great Lakes Recruit Training Command up in Illinois, we had some officer from somewhere. I don't know where he came from because almost everybody else on that base was a petty officer um, and lower. But uh, we had some officer show up. And of course, when you're when you're a trainee, you have to salute everybody anyway, even the petty officers, because it's just part of getting that movement ingrained in you. But this guy was serious. And we all basically, if anybody that wasn't wearing the same stuff we were wearing, we were saluting. It was pretty forgivable if you saluted the wrong person, but some of the petty officers didn't salute this guy. And like I said, I don't even know what rank he was, but he started trying to rip them a new butt. And I guess he was new on base and he was used to being on a regular base. I'm not sure, but being on a recruit training base in any branch of the military is going to be a little different. Um, so, yeah, it was exciting watching this guy just get all red in the face. And he was sweating, too, and it was probably minus 10 that particular day when we were outside. We were pretty bundled up with our pea coats and our, our knit watch caps. So, yep, good times. My daughter got me with malicious compliance. 
So recently, my daughter, 16, and I were having a conversation about a school near where we live. I said they probably have a golf team. She insisted that this school was rural, so they don't have a golf team. I would have let it go, but she insisted that she was right, so I suggested a wager. If she lost, she would have to mow the yard for the entire summer. I verified, and she lost. Cue malicious compliance. I said she needed to mow the yard, and she pointed out to me that it was not, in fact, summer, and she would only mow the yard between June 21st and September 22nd. Well, she's got you there. Bet's a bet, right? So, hey, still not a bad deal, though. She learned something, you learned something, we all learned something. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.